to your favorite podcast, the Golden Crown Podcast, where each week we bring you a razzle-dazzle of Hallmark movie magic. You have your hosts for season eight. You have myself, Sally, joined by the beautiful, the lovely, the floral, Tracy. And as promised, we needed to bring a guest on for the second week in a row, and none other than the beautiful, the stunning, the... Hey, uh, what you doing here? <laughs> Tessa. <laughs> what, uh, what, you, what you doing here? <laughs> we will leap on into our first segment, which is Mocha Memories. During this segment, we like to share a happy or valuable memory or thought we had while drinking our morning coffee. So I'll kick us off. This week as I was sipping on my hazelnut latte from Crimson Cup because they definitely have me hooked, I was reflecting on how this time of year always feels to me like craft shows with mom, sometimes with Tessa if she's not working, and how much it means to me that I'm able to do these things every year. See, not only all the fun Christmassy items, but also the talents that people have. It's always so incredible what you can find at a craft show. So that is my mocha memory for this week. Mom, you can take it. All right. So my mocha memory as I sipped on my venti peppermint latte. Mom, it's hot <laughs> espresso blonde roast. When? Right Was up. that... Wednesday. Wednesday, you stinker. I'm happy for you, though. <laughs> are you? <laughs> yeah. But are you? Deep are down. You? Deep down. Deep, deep, deep down. Pretty deep down. A couple of shots of espresso down. Yeah. Okay, so as I was sipping on this wonderful <clears throat> Starbucks Bev, I was thinking about my outlook, which isn't always the... <laughs> Rosiest of outlooks, you know. Uh, we were going to be talking about email for a second. <laughs> no, not outlook. As in the outlook of how you look at things. So if you... T- Hi, Beastie. Hello, Beastie. Did you, were you thinking the same thing, honey? Think about how your outlook really, at times, where you need to look out. Meaning look outside of yourself. Mm. So if you kind of reverse the outlook thing to looking outside and not just worried and concerned about how you feel about things, how things are going for you, more of looking outside of yourself, just sort of a, a reversal of, of viewing things in my world at the time. So there you go. That's my mocha moment. Very perfect. Thank you. I don't think I had a very specific mocha, mocha moment. Is that? Mocha memory. Mocha memory. (laughs) But I was drinking my Keurig K-cup, black cup of coffee. Boom! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this morning. Yum. <laughs> because I did not have any coffee Wednesday, and Aww. Thursday morning I made the tragic mistake of leaving it under the Keurig when I headed into work. Tragic so I did not have any coffee situation. yesterday either. But Beastie enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It was just sitting there. Oh, that's big When I got sad, back actually. home. Very cold. Yeah, it was very sad. But I was sipping mine finally this morning, and I just thought about how happy coffee makes me in general. <laughs> and I was glad I could have it after two days. That's it. That's okay. all I got. We're happy for you. Well, that is. Are you? <laughs> yes, we are. We truly are. Is that genuine happiness? So now let's move on to segment two. 
which is our latte layers. This is where we will give the details of the movie. Details. The, yes, the, the details of the movie that we watched. We will get into all of our elements, the, the typical Hallmark elements, as well as going through our own elements of syrup, sauce, and foam. So we'll look at the sweetest moment, the overall moment, and betrayal or saucy type moments. And to get us started, though, Sally will give us the hallmark synopsis of the movie that we watched. We are so, out of Fall Into Love, yeah. so... As we covered last yes. week, that is the sad situation we find ourselves in. But, you know, we promised <laughs> that if we were to continue this specific series, Tessa would be a part of it. So she is back <clears throat> because we are still continuing to tackle the Flower Shop Mystery series that we haven't covered since the second episode of our podcast. So this week we watched Snipped in the Bud, which stars as leading lady Abby, Brooke Shields, and as leading man Marco, Brennan Elliott. Obviously, we've seen them before. We've especially seen Brendan Elliott quite a bit. Yes. Um, he's a very popular One of the choice Mr. Hallmark. Them. Yes, absolutely. The movies, yes, the Hallmark, Hallmark. He's, he's our suave guy, pretty yes. much always. Um, so the synopsis that Hallmark gives is, Abby Knight finds herself as the main suspect after a professor is murdered. Dun, 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 dun. So, let's kick it off at the very beginning. Abby gets a very anonymous and somewhat confusing request to have a dozen black roses delivered to Professor Barnes at the law school that Abby's daughter attends. This particular professor is known for being very belligerent. He snaps pencils in people's faces to prove to them how dumb they are. And he's just... Oh, thank you. Yes, that's exactly what he's not like, Nala. That was a very censored way of saying that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and Abby learns this herself when she decides she's going to hand deliver the flowers in order to discuss her daughter Sydney's fear of the class. Well, Tessa was astonished at Professor Barnes's reaction to these black roses. Throwing them in the trash? Thank you, Nala. Yes, he calls them grotesque, yes, or yes, ghastly, I believe, and throws them in the trash where he says they definitely belong. So Abby walks away after being kind of scorned by him. She can't really get a word edgewise in about her daughter. He is just not a very friendly or open person. But she did knock over his pencils. Correct. <laughs> his very famous black pencils. I had to put them all back in the cup and all back on his desk, mm -hmm. which is obviously where he was finding her to begin with and was very disappointed that she was in his office. Yes. Well, she does decide to walk away and she calls Marco who is the owner of the bar just down the street from her shop, the one person that she has a romantic interest in, even though she is denying it at this point. And he encourages her to just go back to the car, go back to the shop. She's made the delivery. Her job is done. She is still irate. She's already heated up because she did run into a former rival of hers, Professor Howell. Carson Howell. Yes. Who... 
bitch (laughs) who works for a company that she really disdains that does animal testing. And they have very embittered feelings towards each other. She accuses him of being a womanizer, of being with most of her friends in law school. Of course, herself excluded. She has taste. And, of and course... he came in first in their class. Yes, she, she came, came in, in second. second in and the list she, goes on. She lost she's the livid. case to him. I mean, she's just mad, 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 mad. Yes. And when she returns back to the office, she wants... You know, her final word with Professor Barnes to say her flowers aren't ghastly. She's put a lot of effort into them. And she turns around the chair to find... Carson Howell with one of the black pencils stuck in his throat. Can we get a nurse in here to talk about this? (laughs) Too late to get a nurse. He's dead. I mean, it surprised me that they chose to put it right smack dab in the center of his neck. But... Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, it's a murder Car- nonetheless. Carson didn't think it was fine. He died. No, he certainly didn't think it was fine. <laughs> Thank exactly, you, Nala. Exactly, Nala. That's what Carson thought. Mama, dear. So, yes, all of this has happened in... Oh, it's quick. Literally it's quick. a matter of minutes. We, of course, have all of our suspects on the scene. So, Abby's the one who finds the body as she's leaving... A student named Kenny Lipinski is coming to the office because he is the TA for Professor Barnes. Um, Also, Sydney Sydney. Mm -hmm. has a little wee bit of a crush on him. So he is coming to the office because, of course, he's TA for Barnes. There's also Jocelyn Barnes, who is the professor's wife. Jossie girl. She says that she just walked right past the police, got in the building, no problem. A little suspicious, of course. And the Finally police suspect. <laughs> the police are beginning their investigation with Abby as prime suspect. And this is because later on they revealed that they did confirm her fingerprints on the pencils. And she did not disclose <clears throat> that she had touched these pencils. So yes. this looks even more stacked. And obviously her. Barnes has his, but they are his pencils. Yeah. So that's logical for them. Right. Why Abby's were there, why she was there, why she was there as long as she was there are all mm-hmm. suspicious to the police. So I will take a pause because I find that I can give the insight of the book. So just a real quick correction on a few things. Abby doesn't have a daughter in the book. So this is an ex-professor of hers who was very critical of her and she very much hated him. She also hated Carson because he did work for the company that did animal testing, but she uh, specifically referred to him as a snake and snakes need to be skinned. So this is like a lot more contentious in the book than what we saw in the movie. And trust me, the movie was still a little bit contentious, but it was, yeah, it was very mild by comparison. Of course, as the murder investigation is picking up, There is a reporter that approaches Abby, who in the book is very handsome, who in the movie, you make your own decisions. He's very naughty. (laughs) handsome, I just made my decision. (laughs) Sorry, sir. And I concur on that decision. Well, he, like, he was kind of, like, flirting with Abby, and they were maybe going to be an item by the end of the book. This was not really a possibility in the movie. So. Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, not not handsome. He's fine. Right. But not, not the, yeah. Anyway, so. (laughs) Not the flirty, young, hot, handsome type. Right. Right. No. Tape man. She refuses to comment because at this point she stands by that she's innocent and that will speak for itself. What he publishes in the paper the next day does not shine her in a very positive light. 
uh, Nikki, who is her co-worker in the movie, uh, is, is very happy that this is bringing so much attention to bloomers. But of course, Abby's not so happy because this is really turning the town against her from her perspective. And this is really where we reach the sauce or the main message of the Already. movie. Don't get me wrong, this is a bit of a stretch, but... <laughs> there were so many options. <laughs> so many good options. I felt like the main message was when everyone's kind of casting doubt on your name, specifically, you know, we had Detective Riley who was doubting her, we had the press that was shining her in negative light, and there were even statements from the townspeople that kind of were suspicious of her as well. It can be hard to continue to trust yourself and feel that the system's gonna work out the way that it needs to in your favor. She even feels she has to turn to her dad multiple times and take on this case for herself. She goes so far as to create a whole suspect board with all the potential motives. She decides to stake out the memorial service for Carson Howell and eat chips while she does taking, it the right way. Yeah, yeah. She I brings snacks. Chips. She brings a snack. The binoculars yes. were questionable. I don't yeah, think you needed that. The, the taking pictures from the binoculars—that's yep. not a little bit of overkill. When you have a zoom feature on your camera, right. honey, you don't you don't right. need all that. Well, she doesn't understand emojis, so how? <laughs> so, she, oh, she understood true. the zoom feature. That's true. It's that's too true. much to keep it's up with these much. days. Mm-hmm. But she really is doing a good job, both her and Marco, of kind of filling out what these people's motives could be. Of course, main suspects, Kenny Lipinski, Jocelyn Barnes, Professor Barnes himself, an administrator in office, Belinda. With um, a buh. With a buh. <laughs> Pierce, who is the owner of the, I don't know how they say it. Derm- of the derma something. Derma something. Whatever that the- skincare thing that they test on yeah, animals. Yes. Correct. Whatever brand that was. Yes, um, are all the kind of leading suspects that they're trying to determine. And one by one, we get to fill in some of the details. So she approaches Belinda, who really broke down at the funeral. She is adamant that there was nothing romantic going on between her and Carson. She approaches Professor Barnes, who, with a really nasty nosebleed that no one explains, um, is very belligerent towards her and will not answer any of her questions. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, later on, sends her the same black roses, basically like different florist, threatening her to 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 keep silent because she has gone public with her statement that it was not her and that she strongly suspects Professor Barnes, which yeah. actually does happen in the book. She does kind of throw the professor under the uh, bus. Okay. Well, because. In the movie, she seems to have no other way mm-hmm. to try to defend herself right. but just say, I, I have to just talk to this reporter and at right. least give my my side of the story. Otherwise, right. each day, there's something slanderous about me in the papers. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is in the book, the professor's name that's really belligerent and has the black pencils and everything like that, he, his name is Archibald Puffer. So why they changed Whoa, it? It's like, so different. I, yeah, it, it's just it's a totally different vibe. Everyone calls him the dragon because he's so like mm. Yeah. Yep, it's good. It's good. Okay, Buffer, I'm like, why did we like destroy dragon. this like hilarious thing? But it's it Instead is they were going for Bucky Barnes and yeah. they could never They could never could never could achieve never. Bucky Barnes. That. There is no there is no other Bucky Back Barnes. Back off. Marco but is putting he's nowhere near as good the, as you know. 
moves on Jocelyn to get her story. And finally, he does learn that she was having an affair with Carson Howell. Two or three, three olive martinis later. Yeah, vodka martinis, yes. Vodka martinis. With olives, you're correct. Vodka. Three olives. Mm-hmm. Because four is too much, according yeah. to Marco. According to <laughs> Abby took five. Yeah, because... Because Abby's Abby. Because she's, she's too much. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, she reveals her whole story about how she had been seeing Carson and that when she finally decided she's going to leave Professor Barnes for him, he completely shuts down, he cuts it off then and there, and is quite angry towards her. This is all on the day of the murder, turns out, and so that's how like she right was... Before. Right, right before. Right before. Literally right within, which is why... Jocelyn was actually still in the building. She was on a different floor, mm-hmm. in the bathroom, trying to recover from this terrible experience heart and heartbreak that she yeah. had gotten. With Carson pretty much shutting her down. Yes. 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 So we're, we're kind of continuing to zero in on the suspects here. All the while, you know, like I mentioned in my sauce moment when we pumped in that, ooh, it can't be, well, no, it still can be pumpkin spice. We'll, we'll pump in that pumpkin spice. Okay. Um, <laughs> still Abby, mom thinks it's peppermint now. Yeah. <laughs> That's because mom doesn't like pumpkin spice. Well, I just wanted to be known that mom didn't want to start fall until whatever day fall started. Exactly. In her eyes. Yes. Way too late. Yes. And now all of a sudden it's peppermint. That's all I'll say. Peppermint is a year-round flavor. That's all I'll say. It doesn't take. Oh, I rushed my Abby So Abby is desperate to try to clear her name after this much suspicion is cast on it, and she even goes to the detective with her suspect board written on floral stationery hodgepodge floral stationery to prove how she is innocent and of course the detective is adamant your fingerprints are the ones that are on the pencils and this really casts you in a negative light so you continue to remain a suspect no matter how much logic you'd like to use and i mean to be fair why would they listen to the number one suspect on that but abby doesn't care about that abby does not care about that (laughs) Uh, even one morning as she's just trying to enjoy some coffee with Nikki before they open up the shop, the detective does even come to her home with some more incriminating evidence of a video that someone had anonymously sent in of her and Carson fighting. It was that same scene we were kind of describing. And this is really where we reached the quote of our podcast. Because as they're discussing <laughs> how Abby's name is once again, you know... Cast into doubt, her dad walks in and says... (laughs) He says, how's my little murder suspect? (laughs) And then he happens to make eye contact with the cop right there and said, that was poorly done. since her father had previously been a detective right. for 40 years. Yeah. Yes. I think. He probably, he thinks this is all kind of funny and he knows his daughter couldn't have done it. Right. Yes. And he is making it clear to the detective that he's sitting right there. It's okay. Go ahead and talk to my daughter, but I'm right. just, I'm just back here. I'm here. Having yeah. my coffee, watching what you do and hearing what you say. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he's making it real clear that the guy's got to mind his P's and Q's. Yes. And, and harass his daughter. You know, Brooke does okay in <clears throat> showing Abby's breakdown. 
in the book, it is far worse because people of the town are actually, like, coming up to her and calling her a murderer. Mm. And, like, it's it's a lot more, like, Overt. difficult. Like, people are boycotting her store, saying, like, we can't buy flowers from a murderer. Like, it, it's a lot more in-depth and involved and harmful against her. In the movie, it's... Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be comfortable, but it it's not as overblown. That wasn't that bad. Yeah, and she overblows it. Yes, she, she yes. definitely See, says. In the book, my whole life is on on the skids right now. Right. I mean, yeah. it's uh. Yeah, she says she has a lot to lose in the movie, right. and that is accurate to the response in the book. But the book's response made more sense because it was a bit more exaggerated. Right. Uh, that being said, when. Abby, in the movie, is starting to break down a little bit. She does seek solace from her daughter in law school. Yes, and in the movie, so her daughter, um, as we've established, has this crush on Kenny. <laughs> and the shark. The shark. And uh, where and are those ABC kids, huh? <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> Please. Or let was us that know. Discovery Channel? It was Discovery I Channel. Discovery. Wasn't it? And so one one moment that's a pre-syrup moment because I'm going to go to the syrup moment as okay. Sally's just set up very well. A pre-syrup moment was a conversation that Kenny had had with the daughter, Sydney, as well as Abby, where he's making a statement about all the accusations, etc., and the fact that, wow, um, you had been in this case before and it was adversarial with Carson, Howell, and... It's interesting that Sydney stands up for her mom and says, look, my mom was going through a lot. Right. It was six months after my dad died Yeah, that all this is happening. And, of course, she's rethinking her career and what she wants to do. And, yes, yeah, so she left the law. It wasn't because of Carson, because mm-hmm. she lost with this lawsuit. It was because of everything else happening in her life. And she went to start her own floral shop. As a point of healing for her and focus for her, so you kind of see this. This is the build up to this to the right. syrup moment. So I, I'll get to the syrup one. This is they're at the law school. They're just sitting together having their coffee together, <laughs> and basically it's the moment where Sydney is again supporting her mother. Yes, and her mother is again supporting Sydney from the perspective of just um, the mother daughter hug and love and understanding of each other to support each other through all of what's happening. Sydney has definitely supported Abby as she is kind of coming a little undone. It's one of the more touching moments because we know Abby is a very strong person, strong-willed person. So the fact that she is finally breaking down, it, it really shows how this is getting to her. Yeah. Well, one last suspect that Abby just feels has not been fully fleshed out yet is Belinda. She with a buh. With <laughs> not guh. Buh. Not gut Linda. I'll say it every time. But <laughs> So she calls Belinda. She <laughs> are, are we doing it? With a buh. <laughs> <laughs> and Belinda's with a buh <laughs> is saying she has a vacation that she she has to leave at six PM sharp for. She's she's very adamant. The plan is that Abby and Marco are going to go together. But, of course, that cannot happen. So, Marco has a shipment come in. He's got to stay behind. And Abby moves forward with the interview. Belinda? With a butt. Is a very averse to talking to Abby. She's saying, you know what? i got to get these letters out. It's too late. And Abby begs her 
and she eventually caves and says, okay, you know what? I'll talk to you. In this little interview, Abby finds out really important things. Firstly, nothing romantically did happen with Belinda. With a buck. And Carson, because with a ch, with a ch, with a ch, with a ch <laughs> because he had a revolving door of women, and this was not something that engaged her. So she, with a butt, <laughs> um, chose to deny that relationship. Apparently, Carson only pursued her harder for it, especially once she got a serious boyfriend. We learned that when Jocelyn <laughs> approached Carson to leave her husband for him, he blew Jocelyn off and immediately went to Belinda with a book and basically cornered her in his uh-huh. office to try to force a relationship, sketchy, which is very uncomfy. Sketchy stuff. Yeah. Um. So. Quickly, before, because we're going to get to a big meat and potatoes of the podcast here. In the book, it's the admin assistant's daughter that was having an affair with Carson. Ooh, and I actually thought that was a little bit spicier. And I would have preferred that. That is scandalous. Yeah, because yeah, she was also a law student. Hard. So it like it got it was so multi layered. Uh, so anyways, that's just kind of a on the side thing that was from the book. So, nice. you know, once... Everything's kind of coming together. Belinda with a book. takes her suitcase and waltzes off to her margaritas. And, of course, Abby's just left unattended in the office. So she starts sorting through those letters that needed to get out that kind of got lost in the shuffle of Carson's death. And she learns that the uh, winner of his scholarship clerkship position was someone named Brenda, I believe. Lauren Kaplan. Wow, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> you almost had it. And so, of course, we know all the other letters are denial letters. Yes. So as she's shuffling through these, she finds... Better known as, loser, oh. move on. Um, that's oh, harsh. That is harsh. <laughs> Anybody who's ever got a rejection letter, that's sorry. A, that's a Slytherin for you. Anyway, so... <laughs> one of the ones that stands out to her is that there is a Kenny Lipinski, a Kenneth Lipinski... A Kenneth the Shark... <laughs> That is in the, obviously, denial stack. Mm-hmm. And so, our intrepid investigator, Abby, realizes, oopsie poopsie, I gotta figure out what this says. Now, this is a stack of rejection letters, folks. The only one getting the acceptance is Lauren, baby. Yeah, and she was already Lauren's name. Yeah, she yeah. Does she take Kenny's letter and put it over top of a light bulb? To warm up the glue so she can open it. Oh, I thought it. she was trying to see through it. <laughs> I'm like, girl, that's not how it no, works. No, she just had to open it and read it. But warm for up what the glue reason? and read it. But why? Because yeah, they were all rejections. And it was a rejection letter signed by Carson. Yeah. Well, stamped with Carson's yeah. name. She licks it 5,000 times <laughs> Ew, to reclose it. It was such an uncomfortable scene. I hated that. Brooke, why did you do it that? It was a bit overboard. Stuffs it in, and who comes in the door but Kenny on the his, shark. On his hooves, Mr. Kenneth himself. <laughs> Kenny Lipinski. With but, his... What's uh, <laughs> in here? So, yeah. So, now he's kind of like, you know, what's, what's kind of happening here? This uh, is after some frantic phone calls were made to Marco and Sydney. Yes. Very frantic. Because and no one picked up. Yeah. <laughs> 
pick up this, from your loved ones. At this point, Abby has it in her mind that yes, Kenny is the one who yeah. committed the crime. She she's pretty confident. So we are sitting in our foam. We have got foam coming up all around us because this is the most uncomfortable part, the most turbulent part. Because yes, Abby's got to confront now Kenny in a very awkward manner. Oh my gosh, she did this. Yeah, stumbling physically as well as with her words <laughs> trying to cover things up as if she didn't know that yes he's really the one that had to have killed yeah she's literally like almost sitting on the letters like yes oh so you're here for your office hours okay so she decides since he already knows what's happening there that she's just gonna come right out and say you were the one yeah that killed him yeah this is after this kenny is... goes on his a little unstable unhinged rant about how he cannot work for his dad and this clerkship in his mind was the only way to get out of that. Can I hear a dichotomy? Dichotomy? <laughs> because the cognitive distortions present in this conversation. <laughs> I mean <laughs> he's been doing everything he can for Carson Howell as his TA. Yeah. To ensure that he got this clerkship in Washington, D.C., feeling like he gave everything right. and yet was not going to get it. So the only logical solution is to kill him. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. In a fit of passion, when he learned he did not receive the clerkship, he killed Carson. But, I mean, he kept it real chill afterwards. So who comes in the door? But our dear Sydney, who... Was going to probably here for office try to make moves on... She's here for office hours. Kenny... Yeah, so this is where we get a little more awkward position because obviously at this point Kenny is grabbing. He has a letter opener that he was threatening Abby with to yeah. kill Abby. No! And now he has it against Sydney's throat, taking her as the hostage. He kicks Abby, who hits her head into the cabinet then, or the uh, the, the desk. Tessa was impressed. Um, yeah. And somehow after all this happens... Quite a kerfuffle. Marco is there, and Abby's back up within one level down where finally that's where we see Kenny with Sydney. So I guess she wasn't out very long. Yeah, no, they only made it down one flight of stairs. Let's not yeah. get crazy over here. Yeah, it didn't get too crazy over there. And, of course, then we wrap that up with a tackle and a distraction and Kenny. I mean... In, in custody. Marco gave him quite the punch. Yeah, Marco said, you're going down, shark. <laughs> <laughs> the police the police arrive, take Kenny away, tell Abby that they were they were on the right path with Kenny. And to which Abby says, no, you weren't. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, haha, but we didn't rule him out. <laughs> yes. So Marco says, yeah, if you want to pay us for our services at any point, you know, let us know if you need need, need help again. And we wrap up the movie. Yeah, that was it. It it really is awkward. Basically, Marco's just like, hey, we should all get dinner. Yes. Because I own a bar. Yeah. So it'll be a nice dinner for the three of us. Yeah. I mean, Sydney also says that, you know, her mom saved her life, obviously. And Abby's response is, well, yeah, I'm just doing what mothers do. So now, Tess and I are... The bar is set. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It means I have to be anywhere and everywhere if there's any threat to their you lives. You should probably be walking me to and from work downtown. <laughs> I probably should be. 
I'm there with you in spirit and thought. We have to circle back on some of our elements. Ladies, fashion, hair, makeup. Mm. Just fine. Yeah, just fine. I thought actually Sydney stepped up her looks compared to the first movie. I don't remember anything about the first I don't movie. remember Sydney in the first one. She was very cute in this one. Yes, she was. Adorable. Adored Adorable. Nikki. Thought yes. her little hair makeup, everything was all cutesy patootsy. Brooke brought the fashion pretty well. Yeah, as, I think as so. As she always does. Yeah. Lots Help, of scarves. Helps to be six foot and yeah. a model. So, you know, there you go. There's that. What um, about our setting? Our little small town of New Chapel? It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Same shot every time. Here's a town. Here's Interestingly, town. Here's we were in winter for this one. We were. Uh, I believe in the book we they were in, in the summer. Oh, I really? Believe, yeah, very different vibes in the book. Oh. Um, That's a choice then. Why? Why? Why do I'm not sure scene? why they did a winter we don't scene. Need to do winter. Yeah, they just because it didn't look like choice. authentically winter or anything. It could have been. Well, anyway, smooch okay. meters easy. We didn't get one. Zilcho we Zippo. had very awkward hugs sometimes with ice in between two bodies, <laughs> and, that, and that was awkward. Ice in between pectorals. <laughs> oh no! It's too accurate. She went there. Leave it to our nurse to be anatomically correct. Anyways, um, chemistry of our couple. Mom, was did there, we get... Did was we get, there chemistry? Well, first of all, before we touch on the chemistry, Mom, did we get the hunk of approval for you? With Brennan Elliott? He's a, he's a dude. He's, he's cool. <laughs> but is it the hunk of approval? I was say, that's very different than... No, he's not a hunk of approval. Oh, wow. Not in this movie. He, he might have pulled it in other Hallmark movies. He's but fine. He's old. He's... What? To me. Yeah, so chemistry, I agree with you, Mom. Was there any, I mean, no. I thought this was going to be, so in the book, <laughs> that's my phrase for this episode, in, in the book, book. Uh, in the book, this is where <laughs> things kick up a notch. They, like, literally make out in his back office and his bar, so. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> yeah, it, it gets a little, it gets a little saucy. He called her honey a couple times, did yeah, he not? Yeah, he did. But besides that, honey, honey, there was nothing. Uh, I picked up on it. Yeah, yeah, no. He had more chemistry with um, with Jocelyn. Yeah, with Jocelyn, for real. holding oh, her yeah. hand and talking to her, making her so many martinis. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in the movie, the way it's portrayed is he's very interested in Abby and pursuing Abby, and she's the one who's kind of like, nah, not for me, not now. Yeah. But in the book, it's actually the reverse. She is like, hmm, give me Marco, and he is like, no. <laughs> So, it's an interesting switch. Lastly, overall comparison to the book. In the book, we go a little bit of a darker route because not only is Kenny involved in the murder of the professor, he also is stealing animals to get tested at that company. So, they did not even bring that up. Stealing them from where? People's houses. Like, people's actual pets. He's just taking them and bringing them to the company. Blasphemy. I know. And, like, apparently it's all something Who's that, like... Nana and BB? It's all something that the professor was supposed to be doing, but, again, he was using Kenny as basically his lackey. But that would tie in from the fact that Kenny Agreed. was seen in the Agreed. picture. Yes, and I, I wish they... I mean, actually, I don't wish they had that link because it was really sad to read about in the book, but... Yeah, that's probably why they didn't. That's probably no, why they didn't. Still, they should have done something with the fact that he was tied into yeah. what that operation right. was about. Even if they just, like, reference it in passing of, like, oh, yeah, and he... And I killed Sparky, Sparky too. too. Yeah, I knew you were going. It there. was Agatha all along. <laughs> we're we're making a lot of references tonight. It's fine. And the other part that they didn't do that was kind of funny in the book, but also wasn't done great in the book, was that Abby was taking on different personas to 
conceal herself from the townspeople. Uh, um, I thought that was going to be part of this, but they didn't even do that. And honestly, probably for the best. Anyways, yeah. so. <laughs> would agree. That wraps out our middle segment. So we will get to Cappuccino Counts. During this segment, of course, we're going to share those counts that we all were so mindful of throughout the movie. Our guest even took one because she is a model or something. And we'll also cover our woo-woo rating. But first, let's get to the counts. Mom, what did you have this week? I had the beverage counts. So I had adult, cold, and hot. Adult, there was one for Abby that was inferred. She asked for a martini. Five olives. We never saw her get it. Don't know. But it was there. Hot beverages, all Abby, eight. Cold beverages, all Abby, two. I didn't get anything for Marco. Yeah, Marco's too busy working. He doesn't unwind. So, there you go. My counts. What about you? Tessa, you want to give your count first? Yeah, I was really mad about it. I took purses and she had the same... I was going to call it a stupid purse. It was kind of cute. But she only had one! The yeah. whole movie. Every time she left, it was the same purse. I feel like Kenny had more bags than she did, and that's kind of disappointing. It's disappointing, I know. Well, I had a lot of counts because I had jackets, necklaces, shoes, gloves, scarf, and hat. Scarves Whoa. and hats. Whoa. You go. <laughs> could have given me more than a purse. <laughs> I only had one. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, so jackets, he had two. She had seven for a total of nine. Necklaces, she had three. Shoes, she had five. He had zero. They literally never did a full body shot for him. I never saw his it's shoes. because he films barefoot. T. Totally know that. Brennan yep. films barefoot. Lesser known fact. He only agrees to a movie if he can film it. Better known as Barefoot Brennan. There it is. Ooh, that's the real mystery of the movie. Where are Brennan's shoes? Um, Let's see. Gloves, she had two pairs. Scarf, she had four. And hat, she had her single black beanie that she wore in the previous movie that she wore like a Christmas tree. With the same single black purse. Yes. So, we had a theme there, and we'll leave it at that. Next, we have to dive into our woo-woo rating. You all know and love our woo-woo rating. It's based off our gorgeous Miss Nala Mama. You see her on the Instagram. You love her. You give her all the hearts, which goes right to her head, feeds her ego, and allows her to continue to woo-woo for you all. So she woo-woos to express herself. We'll woo-woo to express ourselves on a one-to-five scale, one being the worst Hallmark movie we've ever seen, five being the best Hallmark movie we've ever seen. Who wants to kick us off? My rating is very uh, skewed right now, because if you listen to all the episodes, you know that I am... The majority of the time, I'm here for the one woo-woo ones. (laughs) So I'm just glad that I kind of enjoyed this one. (laughs) Fair enough. How much did you enjoy it? I said 3.5. Whoa! Okay, explain. I mean, I'm aware it's not the best movie ever, and <laughs> most likely I probably wouldn't watch it again unless I was, like, re-watching the series to remember the first movie, because I don't remember <laughs> it, like, at all. But, I mean, it was decent. It made me laugh. The overacting was funny at some times. <laughs> what, what, uh... What you doing? Yeah, I didn't mind it. I don't know. There's not much that went into it. I was just happy I wasn't here for one woo-woo. 
Yeah. Movie. I love it. I love it. Interesting. Because my rating is one woo-woo rating. Woo-woo. One. Whoa. Oh, you haven't seen a one woo-woo movie. <coughs> I've been there. There were no green screens. Here's my logic. Okay. Okay. I start with a three. Right? Yes. I always start with middle of the road. Well, this one? middle of the road's 2.5, but... I'll start with a three because it's Hallmark. I can always give it something. Okay. So the first thing I have to decrement is a half because it wasn't Hallmark. It, it just didn't have the normal Hallmark elements. It just did It was, there was no... This is all Hallmark movies and mysteries. For yeah, I, I understand. And we just, I've seen Hallmark movies and mysteries, but it, minus a half right away, not Hallmark. Just minus half. Minus a half. Overacting. Overacting. Bad acting. And worse acting of overacting. Minus a half. Really poor writing. I just, I knew it was Kenny from the beginning. I, I just, like, do something. Give me give me something to hold on to. And, and no, it, it didn't give me anything to hold on to. I'm down to one and a half as it is. Minus a half. Poor plot overall. <laughs> just, the only good parts, here's my one. Here's where it gets a one. Is I like Nikki and I loved her dad. There you go. They each get a half a point, which makes it a one woo rating. I just, um, other than that, yeah, that's, that's, that's my rating. So I have a much more aligned woo-woo rating with my Swiss wall because I gave Sniffed in the Bud a three woo-woo rating. By comparison to Mum's the Word, this one was a lot more closely aligned with the book, which I appreciate as a reader. Of course, it was not perfect. I've already talked about some of the discrepancies. It, of course, had overacting still. Brooke Shields was an interesting casting for Abby Knight. Abby Knight in the books is dramatic. That is inescapable, I find, in a cozy murder mysteries book series. Nonetheless, she also is very logical and very stubborn, which I feel are qualities that Brooke does not show case of Abby Knights. In fact, in the movies, Abby is depicted as a little bit of a pushover. Clumsy. The, yeah, clumsy, like and easily not put together. Yeah, frazzled. Yes, Miss constantly Liz. frazzled. Is that her name? What's that? Magic School Bus. Oh, Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. <laughs> That's it. I'm the Magic School Bus. Hey. Yeah, she gives Miss Frizzle vibes. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I thought also by comparison to Mum's the Word, since I find that that's really what maps on most closely, of course, for this, this was a lot better plot pacing. Instead of being so inundated with characters that you can't even guess a murderer because you don't even remember who's a part of it, you had a board that literally helped you if you forgot any of the characters under suspicion, which was helpful. There was a lot more humor in this one, which I also liked. There was a lot more interactions between the characters that weren't just like, oh my gosh, a murder. I mean, I put it exactly as a middle of the scale. Would I watch it again? Maybe if I was feeling nostalgic for the book series, I would rewatch it. But otherwise, not necessarily drawn to it either. But much better than Mum's the Word, which I believe I gave a 2.5.
Brad, you can, Brad, the super fan, you can correct me on that one. <laughs> so, of course, we have to give our shout outs. Shout out to Tessa because you're right here hey. being a part of the podcast. And we love you so much and you're so wonderful. I love you guys too. Thank oh, you very sweet. much for joining us. Yes. And thank, thank you for you, having Thank me. you to Beastie. Shout out to Beastie. Know, Beastie for being made here the too. dangerous 15 minute trek down the road. <laughs> yes, it was a trauma and a tragedy, it was but trauma. she somehow braved it. For us. Shout out to our husbands, to Mark and to Nick. Thank you very much for supporting us through our podcasting efforts and for putting in your votes for the, the podcast titles. True, true. That's a behind the scenes fact you probably didn't know. Most of the time we're sending the quotes to Tessa and Nick to decide what we're going to go with. true. Sometimes I get them while I'm at work. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And we appreciate your input nonetheless. Shout out to our candle provider for the evening. Shout out to Coyer Candle again from Michigan. Today we are smelling the wonderful aromas of Hayride Magic. I do like this Which one. is yeah, bourbon, nice. maple, and pumpkin. That's why I like it. Bourbon? Mm-hmm. It smells good. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our all no- of our November birthdays. We did not forget you, but, you know, our last episode being Halloween-themed, we wanted to leave that in October and... Now we're celebrating you all. Shout out to anyone who is in a craft show. A, we're coming for you. B, you're awesome. <laughs> exactly. We're queued up for it for the next three weekends. It's yes, good. All ma'am. is good. Shout out to all of our listeners, both loyal and new. We appreciate you coming back each week to hear our homework chitter chatter. Next week... We have to kind of have a couple filler movies because, as you know, we do not start Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Even though Hallmark Christmas season kicked oh, off 20th of October, yes, wasn't it? Yes, correct. Even so, though I'm going on a <laughs> Christmas cruise next okay, week. Okay, Brad. <laughs> as she drops the cruise Tingy. thing, I guess we didn't make it. Brennan mm. Elliott, maybe you'll be on the cruise with us. Maybe. I, do- I doubt Brooke Shields would be on the cruise. No. I don't think she's done really any other Hallmark no, movies. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But yes, enjoy that Christmas cruise. We yes. hope to hear more about it. I normally don't celebrate Christmas before Thanksgiving. Yeah, this so going to be new is, for you. This is very new for me. Yeah. It'll be fine, though. It'll be a lot of fun. So you'll, yes, it will. <clears throat> you'll definitely have to tune in to see what movies Mom and I selected We looked at the movies that were released throughout the year that we didn't get to, and we made our decisions on what we wanted to kind of fill in. So get excited. They might be movies you've already watched then. Um, Just hold out tight. (laughs) Hold on those Christmas ones we'll be getting to. Yes. A few of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know us. You know us. And until then, cheers! Cheers!